Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, my friends, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Euro Daily podcast. Is it still the Euro Daily podcast? I mean, the Euros is finished. It is. Fine. Okay. Why is that? You don't know. Now we start with England manager the morning after the night before. Two days ago, mate. Was it Tuesday, mate? Oh, yeah, it was. I knew that. England lost, of course, the final to Italy on penalties. This is Gareth Southgate confirming he wants to lead England to the World Cup next year in guitar. Is it? With a cue. Okay. I know for next time. As I sit here today, I would want to be taking the team to Qatar. I feel that we've made progress over the, the four years. We've had a fourth place, a third place and a second place. It's uh, probably as good as any other team in uh, in Europe, bar those that have won the, the tournaments themselves. But for consistency, it's it's right up there. So a lot of things we've done right and we know this team isn't at its peak yet. But that doesn't guarantee winning because we know how difficult it is to get back to the stage we got to last night. That's why it's so painful to get so close. A tournament that brought England further than they've been in half a century to the brink of success, but only the brink. As close as they could have come, but it's not meant to be. Now, after England's defeat to Italy in the Euro 2020 final, the former Crystal Palace owner Simon Jordan reflected on Southgate's position and how he has conducted himself. Not Simon. We know how he conducts himself. Dirty boy. What's come through in the last three or four weeks is that he is a very sensible, pragmatic, balanced and decent man. Mm. And I think those are qualities that you should want in football. But there is a small difference between being sensible, pragmatic, decent and uh, and balanced in your view and being an ultimate winner and being proactive in your thinking and changing the direction of travel. And I think you saw a difference in Mancini as a manager than Southgate. They've restored some much-needed faith in our nation and that will take home with us tonight is a victory in so many more ways than just a game itself. I came away with an innate sense of pride about the way he's conducted himself. I think he's conducted himself in a very dignified, elegant balanced view and my view on him has changed I think he's the right man at the right time now England manager Gareth Southgate says the racist online abuse aimed at some of his players is unforgivable Bukayo Saka was among those targeted online after missing the crucial penalty against Italy we'll also hear on this matter from Sol Campbell Leroy Senior, British and Irish Lions player Mario Toji but first this is Southgate throwing his support behind the 19 year old and my first thoughts this morning are immediately with the uh, uh, the boys that have done so well for us and uh, the players have, have had an incredible togetherness and spirit 
which I think has brought so many parts of our country together. So, you know, they, they should be, and I, I think they are incredibly proud of what they've done. For some of them to be abused is unforgivable, really. Um, I know a lot of that has come from abroad. You know, the people that track those things have been able to explain that, but not all of it. And um, it's just not what we stand for. We, we I think, have been a, a beacon of light in bringing people together, in people being able to relate to the national team. And the national team stands for everybody and that togetherness has to continue. And we've shown the power our country has when it does come together and has that energy and positivity together. We felt that from the fans and um, I'm incredibly proud of the players. When I was watching the game uh, with a, had a couple of friends around and, you know, we were rooting for, you know, the England side. And as soon as Saka missed that penalty, I, I did turn around and say, look, here comes the abuse. And, it, and it's such a shame because the first thing we've got to do is congratulate Gareth and all the players. My heart goes out to him because you don't want to miss a penalty. Who wants, no one wants to miss, yeah. but someone has to miss. What do you do? What do you say to him? I think the main thing is get good people around him. I'm sure he has got good people around him. Also a fantastic club as well. Uh, he's got his family. He's just got to look at all the positive things that have happened to him mm. like last season and uh, this tournament as, as well. And it's all about everybody being a team, everyone being together and say, look, hey, this is happening outside. We're here for you. As soon as he missed, I, I knew what was, what was coming. I knew that there was going to be an outrage on on social media as athletes it's not nice but you can take heat when it comes up when it's about your performance when it's about things that are personal when it's about things like race things that are like completely out of your control you know i just think that's unacceptable so yeah just sending loads of support support and, and love to Pokeo Saka. Now we'll get into the positives from the tournament for the three Lions, shall we? But first, oh, the negatives. We'll hear from Adrian Dalrymple. There's a surprise. Three former England players in South Campbell, Darren Bent and Leanne Sanderson. But first up, the special one, Jose Mourinho. Saka against Dollar on the left foot in! And it has been saved! I think it's too much for a kid to have everything on his, on his shoulders in this moment. But I don't know if... I have to ask that question to Garrett or no, because many, many times what happens is that players that should be there, they are not there. Uh, players that should be there, they run away from the responsibility. Where was Sterling? Where was Stones? And where was Luke Shaw? And why Anderson or Walker, they didn't stay on, on the pitch? Because in reality, it's very, very hard for Rashford and Sancho to come and to take a penalty after one touch on the ball. But for Saka to have the destiny of a country on his shoulders, I think is too much. Where are the senior players? I, I, I think there is a dearth of senior players if we're being fair. It's, you know, if people turn around and say that Jack Grealish is a senior player, well, he's clearly a player that Gareth Southgate doesn't fancy and he's not a senior player within the England setup. So suggesting that he's a senior player to take a penalty is probably for the birds. There are other players that people run around saying are world-class international players and I didn't see them taking penalties. I just think it's a very difficult dynamic. You know, you lose a game on penalties. We had the opportunity to win that game and we had the advantage in the penalty. We made two substitutions in normal time. Okay, so Saka for Trippier on 70, Henderson for Rice on 74. Uh, they were pretty much like for like, so they didn't impact the way England were playing. It was just to carry on doing what you were doing. Left it way too late to bring on Jack Grealish. Can he do his bit here? Grealish on for England. 
it's a rapturous applause with just over 20 minutes to go. 99 minutes he came on, which is, which means he's basically had 20 minutes to try and do so. He needs time to get into a game and, and get some ball. You know, he's not going to receive the ball that much in 20 minutes. He kind of built a rod for his own back, Gareth, because the performances of Kane and Sterling, because they were good in this tournament, he almost felt like he couldn't take them off ever. So if ever someone was going to come off, it was always that right-hand side, whether it be Saka, mm. Grealish, on and off. So he kind of killed himself a little bit. And even in terms of the Jack Grealish one, I would have probably brought him on earlier. But I'm pretty convinced Gareth didn't trust him enough to do the defensive side of the, the job. Because Mason Mount, who I don't think was as effective, was running up and down, getting them behind. Do you know what I mean? Really closing down from the front. You put Jack on, Jack will do it, but not to the same level. So I think Gareth probably looked at it and went, oh, I want to get Jack on, but do I trust him enough? And I think it comes down to trust. No, I would have liked Jack Grealish to have played more. You know, that's not just because I'm his number one fan, but I really would have. Yeah. But I think it depends on the manager. So depends on how we're going to... I'm an attacking-minded coach and an attacking-minded player. So I would always think about attack, attack, attack. And, Grealish and I know you start. can't really yeah. be like that. But I think that at times we look like we were very stale going forward. Foden takes it into his stride, will check. Left footed shot across the face of goal. Hits the inside of the Foden would probably say that I should have really played some more football. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I know mm. a couple of injuries here and there. I, I, I'm not too sure, but I would like to see Foden a lot. You know, he's got so much talent. I don't know what happened behind the scenes and mm. why he kind of fell out of favour. It's Bellotti against Pickford. Saved by Jordan Pickford. Diving away to his left-hand side. This was our moment. This was our opportunity. And I felt that forward momentum was with us. I thought that the fans, the frenzy, the state of the nation, the challenges that we've been through as a country, the challenges have been through some of them as well. But we've had Brexit, we've had pandemic, we've had a whole raft of issues. And I felt that the momentum would carry us forward, even if it went to penalties. And it was there to be done. So what are the positives that England can take from Euro 2020? Let's get the take of Andros Townsend. One of Southgate's former teammates, Danny Mills. England cricketer, Ben Stokes. But first up, Daniel Murphy. And then it's played in towards the far post and put in beautifully by Jaden Sancho. We've also got a much younger nucleus of players who are progressing the right way. A lot of these players are nowhere near at their best. Yes, we've got one or two we might need to replace into overtime, of course. There's always that. But the majority of the squad is hungry, talented, and it's getting better. People are saying, oh, you beat a bad Germany side. You got through an easy group. You had an easy quarters and semis. But we made these guys look bad. The Czech Republic and, and the Croatians in particular, they were, they were very good. Czech Republic knocked out the Dutch and, and Croatia scored three goals against Spain. Grealish, Kane, 2 England. Bring on the quarterfinals. Germany, we denied them any real time on the ball to dictate the game like they know they could. So I don't think these guys will still get the credit because of who we played in the quarters and semi-finals. No way in my era would a 19-year-old want to take that last penalty because it would have been, sure. what happens if I miss? Mm. This was now a case of, actually, I'm going to score. Saka was not thinking, what if I miss? I'm mm. going to score this and I'm going to be a hero. And I'm going to live out my dream in this moment because I feel confident. I believe. And the manager as, and the coach has enabled me to believe that I can go and do this. And I'm not going to go out and, and do it. For, OK, he misses. It didn't mean to miss. It happens. You know, that, that's life. But I think that's the difference. That the manager now has, has, sort of, has changed that mentality. Rather than being fearful of going out of the tournament or missing a chance or missing a penalty. It's like, no, take it on. If you miss, you miss. Right up in the block hole and Stokes has dismissed it beautifully through wide long on for four. What they've managed to achieve, you know, over this period of time is is incredible. You know, the nation has been, you know, completely captured by what they've done on the field. Obviously, everyone in the nation would have loved to see England win. Just watch.
watching the games, you know, you feel a real connection to the team, the way that Gareth led, the way that Gareth speaks. I think he's been phenomenal in everything that he's done. And us as a, as a national team, alongside them, you know, albeit different sports, you know, we're just incredibly proud of what they've managed to have done. And in my eyes and everyone else's eyes in this changing rooms, they're absolute legends already. And this is Jose on Luke Shaw. Oh, just let it go, Jose. See what I did there? No, me neither. This is the special one. Say nice things about Shaw, would you believe? One minute, 55 seconds, and it's Luke Shaw! Because people think I don't like um, Luke Shaw, I have to say, amazing tournament, fantastic final, no defensive mistakes, very solid. In the top of that, you improve, improve and improve, and he scored a goal that doesn't mean much. But uh, for him, for his career, for the way he grew up, very good, very good look show. The FA will conduct a full review after a large number of drunken yobs tried to force their way into Wembley without tickets ahead of Sunday's final. The Times' Henry Winter has said that the stadium isn't fit to host tournament football. Adrian Durham has also raised his concerns about football's problem with drugs. But first, this is Leanne Sanderson, who was on Wembley Way before the match, admitting she didn't feel safe. At times, you know, just to give a picture, I mean, it's one of those ones you don't want to be negative about a joyous occasion. But realistically, like, I don't think I've ever felt so scared probably going to a game in my life, genuinely. Yeah. And leaving Box Park and walking along Wembley Way it was very, very dangerous. People throwing, like, cans of beer in the air, bottles. And it isn't about, you know, picking people apart and being, like, you know, a killjoy. But it's the reality. And I thought to myself, I'm glad my mum's not here today. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that, that and people that had their kids. I was literally putting my arm above my head trying to stop myself from getting beer poured all over me. And that's not how we are. That's not, and why are we like this? Sadly, it reflects society. It also reflects the limitations that Wembley has of hosting games. I was in Rome the other night for the Ukraine game. Mm. And as a, as a journalist and fans who I knew there, they had to go through three security checks before they even got anywhere close to their seats. There's none of that at Wembley. And the problem, of course, is if you try to have a security check where a lot of people come out at uh, Wembley Park Tube, and it's a big problem and if England genuinely think they're going to get 2030 World Cup and get Europe on side because we need UEFA's vote they might have to think again after last night the biggest problem uh, with the, in terms of football fans now and, and uh, the violence and aggression that we saw at Wembley yesterday is the drug culture so on Wednesday night I'm walking from Wembley to Wembley Park Tube Station absolutely rammed and it took a good hour to get from the stadium to the to the tube train. The conversations all around me were all about drugs. You could smell drugs, you could see drugs being consumed in that crowd. It was incredible. And you know, there were there were there were no police in sight whatsoever, uh, which I kind of understand in a way, but there were stewards there who were never going to do anything about that, understandably so as well. Yesterday as well, it was clear. I mean, people will have seen all of the videos on social media. And cocaine is a massive massive factor among England fans. And if you know anything about that drug, it empowers you to do things that you really shouldn't be doing. And you're not drunk, like alcohol drunk. You are fully capable. Your body is even more capable of doing things that it shouldn't be doing. So it makes people more aggressive, more violent, more whipped up in that atmosphere. This is all born out of blokes and testosterone and, and you know masculinity. It's a massive problem in itself, but it's then how they transfer that to football. I'd just say... 
that drugs for me a massive massive problem at football these days now this is the section of the show we are calling fair play to Italy yeah well played fair play <clears throat> that was hard here's Danny Murphy Jose Mourinho hailing centre back Bonucci and Cellini and their heroic partnerships in the Euros Saka chasing down the touchline oh pulled back by Cellini and that's a yellow card what Cellini did with Saka shows everything he made his only mistake of the game Saka was going you are not going yes. <laughs> you stay with me the shirt is mine and you are not going this is a top a top defender this is a very clever guy I think one of the advantages of being an older player who's been there and done it, which these two have, is that the occasion doesn't seem to get to you. If anything, it galvanises you. I thought that as the game went on, the pair of them grew in terms of loving the battle, enjoying the defensive part. But one thing about Bonucci that I think he probably doesn't get enough credit for is his passing. His passing from the back was a big reason why they got back in. Because he knows when to go short, the easy one, and he knows when to miss them out because they're being pressed and then get the ball in through the lines. He's, he's a terrific, they're both terrific players, but Bonucci for me was the star of the show in terms of the whole tournament for Italy. I play Juventus with Manchester United a couple of seasons ago. And when uh, we played them at Tottenham after the game, I told something like this, two guys they should go to university of sports and and give lectures about uh, how to be uh, a central defender That's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talks by Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. Don't, of course, forget to press that subscribe button. I'm back on TalkSport tonight for more of the same on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar with Jason Cundy from 10pm. There will, of course, be another one of these TalkSport Euro Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Hey, Goldstein, what are you calling tomorrow's episode? The Tour de France Euro Daily? No, we're not. There's no in our luck. Mark Cavendish will probably lose on a penalty shootout. Anyway, until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.